The Client Pipe Podcast. So we're here today to talk about whether or not it's unethical or at least ethically dubious to work on the side when you have an employer, especially if you don't tell your employer. And Steve, I believe that you have a thing or two to say about that. What's happened to all the world? Steve, are you there? Steve Pernod. Mm -hmm. Oh, hey Daniel. I was just watching some old episodes of Moonlighting, a TV show. Oh yeah, the one with uh, Bruce Willis. Yeah, and Sybil Shepherd and Al Jarreau's theme song. Some walk by night. Oh, no, yeah. Uh, I think we're going to have to cut that from the show. Oh, come on. Really? Uh, yeah. We were, since today's all about the ethics, the side hustle, or what used to be called moonlighting, uh, <laughs> brought me back to the TV show. But um, it really got me thinking about what is it that has this lingering feeling in, in many of us of we should be loyal to, we should commit to the company and where did it start? And, and I think a lot of it starts in the interview with questions that sort of probe around what kind of per personal sacrifice can you make? Uh, how dedicated would you be? For example, scheduling, travel, after hours work, you know, all the things related to what am I gonna commit? What can you do for Steve? So uh, somehow, the socialization starts early. Yeah, you know, I remember um, when I was a, a younger man and uh, I, I got tired of doing job interviews. They always felt like I was going somewhere with my hat in my hand. And so I started uh, going into places and, and when they would ask why I'm there, I'd say, I'm interviewing companies I'd like to work with and, and I'm, I'm here to conduct an interview. Uh, and it's funny, I actually, uh, I got a position that way that, that lasted a while because uh, um, they even created a job for me uh, because they I, they thought it was audacious and they were honored that I wanted to work there. So I'm like, oh, this is great. Um, so it works. Uh, flip the script on them. Uh, but the assumption is that, no, of course, you know, we're an impenetrable fortress and, and uh, you take your hat off, come in with your application. And it, and it, it starts the process. It's the beginning of when we, we become ex excessively loyal. Yes. I, I, it, in my opinion, it goes way back to the 50s, uh, the age of... Uh, the Organization Man, which is William White's book written in 1956, talking about uh, the commitment that people make uh, of themselves to the company. And, but that was at a time when we had economic expansion, long product life cycles. You could have a long run of a career and even had pensions. So, uh, yeah, that, it comes from that, I think. And, and all those things that you talked about, the impenetrable force fortress, the, the concepts of what can you do for us. I like White's book, uh, The Organization Man. It, it kind of asserts that, you know, we assume that collectives make better decisions than individuals do. And, uh, and therefore, we tend to prioritize the advancement of the organization over the advancement of, you know, the individual and, and his or her own creativity. And, and that becomes uh, the source of loyalty. If that assumption is not true, uh, if it's not true that collectives make better decisions than individuals. And that certainly is being called into question today, then, um, then it's not true. Then it's certainly not unethical to, to, to shift the balance a little bit. You know, I want to say that not only do we see sort of the growth of uh, flat hierarchies in corporations uh, and the realization that more management and more organization doesn't make it better, but even the military, the most sort of hierarchical traditional organization on the planet is finding this out. General Stanley McChrystal, during the Iraq War, he, he wrote this book that talks about the fact that our sort of traditional hierarchy and of control actually hindered uh, the conduct of our 
American operations and that al-Qaeda would disrupt uh, the organized American military and win. But so the solution was decentralize the authority uh, down to highly trained individuals and teams. In the end, that's that's sort of what made us effective. So again, this assumption that the collectives are better at decisions comes from the same time when, okay, we could op- we could accept that assumption assumption just because in fact we do get all of the benefits and support of like the military of the the corporate organization supporting us we got the pension and we got the long term forty year career so we didn't have to question and as you say those those things have uh, faded away and we've evolved over decades to where that foundation of the relationship is kind of gone but yet. We still have CEOs in the annual report in their press releases referring to their organization, how the corporate family, all our associates are part of the corporate family to grow and thrive. And it's that continued socialization, but not really acknowledging, yeah, but we don't have the careers and the pensions from the 1950s. So I'm making the case, as you can tell, it's shifted. It's no longer a, a two-way street, in my opinion, that, and that changes the ethics of is it okay to, to work on the side? Is it okay to look after yourself instead of the organization? Oh, yeah. It used to drive me crazy when I would go for a job interview and I would hear the phrase, uh, the statement, we're a family. We think of ourselves as a family. And I'm like, wow. So you're asking for an incredible level of uh, commitment. You know, it was all about fit and uh, about, you know, being selfless like you would for your mom or your kids or your family. And, you know, what was funny about it is I never felt that the organization was was that selfless and loyal to me. Um, it was a request that I sort of act as though I'm, I'm only as good as my, it's sort of like a mafia family. You know, I'm good. I'm as good. I'm only as good today as what I've earned. But they want my loyalty in the same way that a, a family would be loyal. You know, it, it reminds me, Steve, of um, how natural ecologies work, you know, in a natural ecological system, it's all about mutual exchange of value. And you can't have it be very lopsided. You have to have similar degrees of value. It's got to be balanced. And, you know, part of the value we give each other is is commitment. So if if one party is super committed and another party not very, we sense the imbalance. It almost feels unethical. But ethical from an ecological standpoint is when both parties are either equally loyal, as one could say the organization was back in the 1950s uh, when there was all these there were all these extra supports built in, or equally loyal as they are to now, as they are today, where the the relationships are are more tenuous, and we need to adjust our sense of loyalty, uh, including our commitment to, you know, what hours we give the employer and and where our brand loyalties lie, et cetera, to the fact that the relationship really is more tenuous on both sides. Yeah. It will, well, but there's a there's a veneer over that, those realities that you're describing. And even today, we have corporate events, annual parties, get-togethers. My brother called this forced fun. You know, you, you, it's not optional, right? You, it, even though it's a non-work activity, and we're socializing, getting to know each other and so forth, trying to build a team ethic. If you don't go, you're kind of looked at as the black sheep. It's required. And so, yeah, I love this phrase, force fun. It, it, for, for people, when I get into a conversation with people who still have this sort of lingering doubt about, well, you know, I'm not sure. Uh, is it okay? Here's, here's where I basically put a stake in the ground. And it's this. Just about all of our employment agreements and all 50 states recognize a legal concept called at-will employment, at-will employment, which basically is this. It's the legal arrangement 
It's a term used in U.S. labor law for contractual relationships in which an employee can be dismissed by an employer for any reason, that is, without having to establish just cause for termination and without warning. So that's the underlying legal basis for our employment relationship, in spite of however many Christmas parties or however many social events, team building exercises. Bottom line is the relationship says, sorry, Steve, we can release you at any time for any reason. I f- actually have left uh, employers when, when I needed to. You know, I, I always tried to give a couple of weeks notice, even a month's notice. Sometimes that was good for me. But uh, when I needed to make a move, you know, you need to move suddenly across the country and tackle a project that's in process. Sometimes two weeks is a lot. So I actually would say, look, you know, people would question the ethics of leaving without uh, much notice. And I would say, you know, it's not, they can terminate me at will uh, without any notice and for any reason. So if we're really being ethical, that means, you know, being equal <laughs> and being fair. And so uh, that means I can leave uh, at any time for any reason uh, as well. Uh, and if I give something over and above that, it's, it's grace. It's not requirement. But I think this brings us back around full circle to the point of, is it ethical to work on the side? And it's one thing to have the ethics of whether you can leave a job without notice or the, eth- the ethics of loyalty itself. But it's another to determine that, yes, you can take multiple, uh, you can take your own sort of clients while you're working in the company. And, you know, of course, in a previous episode, we talked about the side hustle and what it is and how it works and how to make it practically manageable. But on the ethics side, I would say that what we're concluding, Steve, is from an ecological standpoint, it's not unethical. It's ethical. It's ethical to balance the commitments we make to each other and have them be equitable. From the standpoint of uh, a philosophical premise that the organization is more effective than, than individuals, we don't find that that's true. Even organizations don't find it's true anymore. And so there's no philosophical basis that, for it being unethical. And then from a legal basis, you know, as you just cited, um, it's not unethical. So when it boils down to it, um, we're talking about that you've got to, you got to feed yourself in a, in a bacterial environment uh, where every part of the ecosystem depends on an exchange of value. Everything has also got to eat <laughs> and you've got to eat. So working on the side becomes ethical to yourself. It's like put the oxygen mask on yourself first. I would actually reverse the question, Steve. I'd say not only is it not unethical or ethically dubious to work on the side and not necessarily telling your employer, I don't think is required, but I would say it's unethical not to if that's what you need to take care of yourself and advance your own personal creative vision. Don't assume the organization is going to do that. Yes, I love that. There are a couple of tips that I want to, I want to draw a distinction between the ethics of it and rules of play or legal issues. So in the employment agreement, there are often clauses, uh, non-compete clauses and non-disclosure clauses. So there are some rules of play uh, that make working on a side hustle feasible. And so let me just mention them very quickly. Number one, non-compete, which means don't go after clients that your company has for your own side business. And don't try to conduct a business or a consulting practice that is in direct competition with your company. It needs to be something a little bit different. Secondarily, non-disclosure, which means don't use proprietary information that your company is in possession of to conduct your own business. The both of those are legally sound. Let's forget about ethics. That is protected. That said, those aren't very difficult boundaries to get past. And there's a whole open field out there to conduct your independent uh, consulting practice 
And with those boundaries in mind, released from any lingering, what I would say, inappropriate ethical considerations, inappropriate meaning you just explained why it shouldn't be a consideration, then uh, off we go to, well, how do I do the side hustle and how do we get on with it? And with that, we need to wind down the episode. So Steve will be talking in the future more about the side hustle and some of the other issues that come up when considering it. The Client Pipe Podcast.